Hello, and welcome to The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey. We are here to be your personal age guide and enhance your quality of life on the road ahead. We would like to introduce our new podcast series on veterans. Age Guide offers a veterans-directed care program through the Veterans Health Administration program that gives veterans a choice and control over their long-term services and supports. The Veterans Directed Care Program is for people of any age who are enrolled in the Veterans Administration healthcare system. The goal of the program is to help veterans remain living in their own home and community as long as possible. The program helps participants set goals that are meaningful to them and their individual needs and then connects them to community resources and caregiving services. Everyone wants a choice about their care. In this program, participants can hire their own caregiver, including a friend or family member. Caregivers face health risks, strained family relationships, and workplace challenges, and that adversely affects the veteran they're caring for. So who is caring for the caregivers? The Veterans Directed Care Program can give caregivers a much needed break. Studies show that if you support the caregiver, it helps improve the outcomes of the care recipient. We want to shine a light on the unique needs of the heroes in our community who fought for this country and the people who care for them. In this episode, we interviewed Pat O'Connor, who was in the Navy, and his wife Peggy, who is his caregiver. Pat and Peggy have both lived lives of service and commitment to country and home. They raised their own children, raised a grandchild, and ran support groups for others in the same situation. Let's listen in as they share their wisdom and experience and talk about the veterans program that makes a difference in their lives. All right, we're here today with Peggy and Pat, who are going to share with us a little bit about their experience with the Veterans Independence Program. And Pat, who is retired from the military, is going to share a little bit about his experience um, and as a petty officer in the Navy. So, Pat, thank you so much for having me today and for being willing to talk with us. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did in the military? Oh, it was just a uh, very typical military career that I was in. The Navy on sea duty, what they call sea duty, for several years. And that consisted of doing amphibious training attached to a unit called UDT-21 which is Underwater Demolition Team 21 training out of Little Creek, Virginia. Wow. So underwater, what kinds of things were you doing? Well, diving primarily and also exercising. Were you ever deployed overseas? Yes. Uh, the whole three years that I was active duty was, uh, was deployment. And um, in active duty, you were doing all the underwater? It was, uh, it was sea duty. Sea duty. Okay. All right. Um, where were you stationed then? Well, on, on board a, a ship that was designated for amphibious personnel called the uh, USS Carpalati APD-136 for amphibious personnel destroyer. Oh, okay. That sounds quite interesting. Did you know when you entered the military that you wanted to do something 
underwater or something in no i i did not i uh, went into the military and was uh, recruited by uh, lieutenant commander richard marchenko who uh, commanded seal team six okay and he thought you'd be good at doing the diving huh what do you think he saw in you that made him think he wanted you on his team we were running training uh exercising and picking up uh, divers with our one of our uh, landing craft, our boats. And I was coxswain, Bo coxswain on the, on the boat with Commander Marchenko, and we were conversing and under the training mission and everything. I described to him that when I was just out of high school in, in Chicago, I... I worked for the park district and was a uh, lifeguard. And he said, so you're a good swimmer and, you know, strong swimmer and everything. Why don't you join us over here and train with us? Join the the SEAL unit, training unit, UDT unit. Nice. So some of your background in Chicago as a young kid helped you out when you got into the military. Yes, that's awesome. So you have a T-shirt on that has a frog on it. I notice. What well, is what is that? It is the frog is was the logo of of a UDT logo, and we were called Frogmen. Oh, okay, Frogmen, because you were in the water all the time. Either that, or as I mentioned, it, it might be because of my looks. <laughs> Ah, okay. So how long did you serve in the military? It was three years active with the Navy. And after that, I left the Navy. I went back to school, to college. And at college, I picked up a uh, a recruitment job at the uh, Air Force, Air National, Illinois Air National Guard, needed an operations uh, technician. I thought at the time, like a, a part, at least a part-time job while I was going to college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you continued working for the military even while you were yes. in, in college. Oh, okay. And at that time, I met my, my girl here, my girlfriend, Peggy. Oh, okay. You met Peggy when you were... Um... And we got married, yes. Okay, excellent. So were you um, back in Illinois at that point? Yes. Okay. All right, you were at um, an Air Force base when you were working as a recruiter? It was actually the uh, working out of O'Hare Airport at the time. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's where you were based out of when you came back. What was your favorite part of being in the Navy and doing your diving? What was what was your favorite thing about that? Uh, my favorite was uh, the recreation time after, <laughs> after work. <laughs> All uh, right. Going on with the boys and having a couple of drinks. Were were you stuck out in the water on a boat sometimes, though? No, no. It was primarily on on board ship until we we had a mission to accomplish. Okay. And then if we had to dive, we did. Okay, and then you would dock and you could go on land and you could have some time off. Yeah, we we might travel to to a different location. Okay. Like many of the locations we worked in was down in the Caribbean and ah and in a little island called Roosevelt Roads. We used to nicknamed it Rosie Roads. 
Oh, is that in the Caribbean too? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you must have gotten to see a lot of that part of the world. Yeah. Uh, we also traveled in a, in the, into the Mediterranean and did combined uh, exercises with uh, some UDT and special forces from uh, Italy, Turkey. Wow. And uh, in the Mediterranean area. Okay. And then, of course, traveled throughout Europe in, in, in the Mediterranean area. Oh, okay. So that's why your downtime was so great, because you got to go to all kinds of different ports and see different oh, countries. Yes. And, okay. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I, I marvel at, at my active duty naval experiences. It was quite educational. I got, I got to see uh, Rome, Italy, and had had an audience when I was uh, traveled to Rome with with the Pope at the time. You had an audience with the Pope. Yes, I did. Wow, yeah, those are some. Oh, uh, actually, we were we were uh, doing exercises in. Anzio, Italy, at the time, and we we took the time off that myself and several fellows we took a taxi from Anzio, Italy, to to Rome, just so we could see, you know, historically see the uh, Rome and the Papal Palace and all that. How exciting! And you were just a young man at that time, right? Yes. Yes, getting to have all these experiences. But it was, as I say, it was quite educational. I certainly uh, appreciated the the service and the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was also quite challenging. You were in, you know, a real specialized area. That must have been a really tough job at the same time. It's something you have to do. You get up in the morning and that, that... that's your job. That's what you have to do. It's yeah, you did and what you, you had accomplish to do. What, what what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, lots going on. Any um, particular stories that you'd like to share with us about your time in the military? Only one. I met uh, quite a uh, attractive young lady in the in the Mediterranean when we were dropped anchor in the. Little area called Villa France in France. Okay. Villa France is is a little village just outside Monte Carlo. When we when we pulled in and and, and dropped anchor, and this young lady turned out to be Jane Fonda. Really. And she told us who she was, and so on. We said, "Oh yeah, sure." I've I heard that story before. Right, you, know, you didn't believe her. I, I've been to that movie before, you know. And she's, no, 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 come on over for dinner tonight and meet my dad. So we took, a, you know, one of our small boats over to the beach area and landed and walked around and said, okay, well, it's, it's the, she told us what villa it was. And then this maid answered the door. The mate said, well, come on in. 
we've been expecting you. Right. And I thought, well, you know, well wait, I, this is a little scary here. You didn't know what she <laughs> so was getting into. She showed us in and showed us to the dining room in the, in the villa. And you still weren't sure if you could believe it. Yeah, yeah, just like, uh, am I in the... Am I in the right place or, you know? Neat. And you got to have dinner with them? And we we had a, a very nice dinner together. Wow. What'd you talk about with Henry and Jane Fonda? It, you know, it was good food. So. Yeah. And they were happy we to We just have... shut up and ate. <laughs> <laughs> and they were happy to entertain some U.S. military men, yep. I'm sure. Oh, that's really a neat story. What a life experience, huh? The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey, reached a new milestone, 1,000 listens across all streaming platforms. We would like to thank our loyal listeners. Without you, we could not have reached this milestone. This is a great achievement, and we appreciate each of you joining us on this journey. A little over a year ago, we set to put a face on aging and share the stories of older adults and advocates. We didn't know where this journey would take us, and we were surprised and warmed by the stories of these amazing guests we interviewed along the way. They shared tears, laughter, triumphs, and challenges. So many unique yet universal experiences we can all relate to. When we set out to provide a glimpse into the struggles and joys of aging, we had no idea how the stories and lived experiences of our guests would impact listeners, dispelling myths, and combating ageism. Our first episode shined a light on how long-term care was affected by the COVID-19 lockdowns, something not a lot of people were talking about. We went inside facilities to interview long-term care residents and spoke to former residents and those who lost loved ones during those challenging times. We then expanded our discussions, interviewing advocates, caregivers, and older adult pioneers. Since it started, our podcast has evolved in ways we weren't expecting, drawing attention to other topics that affect older adults. Along the way, we heard about lost prosthetic limbs, a clandestine hamburger, the healing power of music, a bubblegum solution to tonsillectomies, and a dog who predicts seizures. Through all of these stories, we found messages of hope, tenacity, and the power of connection. If this sounds inspiring, we invite you to join us on this journey and subscribe to The Age Guide on your favorite streaming platform. So, um, Peggy, we'd like for you to share a little bit, too, um, about, you know, your experience living with a, a military veteran. You guys met after his service, but he was still working for the military when you met, I understand, right? Yes, and um, you guys have had a full and rich life together. I understand you've raised kids and you've raised some grandchildren. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, your experience as a caregiver from the perspective of being a grandparent and a spouse and caring for grandkids and caring for your husband? My, uh, my grandmother had a great effect on me, and um, family was most important. And uh, I, I cried my eyes out when she passed because she gave me so much to mature on. And uh, she just had a way about her. She used to, when I was little, she would come and we had this big rocking chair. 
and when she'd come home from work, I always said that the rocking chair was big enough for a grandma and a little kid. Aww. I was on, it wasn't my program, but I was on the board okay. at Age Guide, and um, I wrote a book about grandparents raising grandchildren. For about a year, I did uh, research and all the states and uh, said, because I was trying to get attention to the problems of grandparents raising grandchildren. And usually it was because the um, their children, the biological mothers, mm -hmm. uh, did not, uh, they were dog addicts and just mm -hmm. didn't want to be responsible challenging lives and weren't able to take care of their kids and grandparents yeah. step in and then grandparents are trying to be retired and they're taking care of little kids again so that can be very challenging but you guys stepped in and really filled a gap for some of your own grandchildren he is extremely smart he is uh very caring very caring young man yeah and uh he he's been a joy wonderful we're very proud of him good and uh he's always there for us and um i i don't know how much more i can say i think he he he's done some writing okay he's, he's an author too huh? he he's a very good people person excellent he's very respectful of other people uh, and uh, we're quite proud. Excellent. What a neat relationship you have with him, and he's still a part of your life, and he's mm -hmm. here for you now, just like you were there for him mm -hmm. when he needed you. Mm -hmm. And um, and your kids were all grown and out of the house when you, you took him in? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, she passed away when he was uh, about a year. Oh, he was or, very little. If, yeah. Yeah. But we did try to keep she was getting therapy which made her sometimes confused in that and, mm. but we always tried to have her hold him keep and, her involved with him as much as possible yeah yes. I'm sure that was very important yes. too the grandparents role is just so significant in kids lives anyway mm -hmm. and um, when the parents aren't able to be around and grandparents step in and fill that gap did you get any um, supports or services as a grandparent um, through like the grandparents raising grandchildren program uh, respite care or no, no, <laughs> no, never rest. support no, groups. He kept us running in his 10 years. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and support groups. You kind of helped to run some of those support groups, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, that Age Guide offered. And you were leading some of those groups for other grandparents. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. What a neat opportunity. Well, thank you so much for talking with us and for this time that you took to share well, was, about your it's, life. It's been our pleasure. I have to and with that, our son and our daughter have kept us going. Oh, that's wonderful. And they let us know when they think we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as kids will do, right? <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for listening to The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey. We hope you learned something new on this podcast because we all have a stake in promoting a high quality of life for people on their aging journey. AgeGuide coordinates and administers many services for older adults in Northeastern Illinois. 
we serve DuPage, Grundy, Kane, Kankakee, Kendall, Lake, McHenry, and Will Counties. Our specially trained professionals are available to answer questions and connect you with local service providers and resources such as the Family Caregiver Support Program, which provides valuable resources for those who are giving unpaid care to adults 60 plus or to someone with Alzheimer's disease or a related disorder. The program includes caregiver resource centers, respite services, gap filling services, legal services, caregiver counseling centers, training and education resources, and support groups. If you are interested in these services or want to learn more, go to our website at hguide.org. Call our offices at 630-293-5990. Please follow our podcast so when we post our monthly podcast, you are notified on your streaming account. Thank you, and we will see you next time on The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey.